Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Ten years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski. Listen, right before the show was getting ready to go... I get a text from Miles who calls in from the great, what's left of the great city of Chicago. Um, Miles, tell me, tell us what this is about. Victor Davis Hanson says what? So he goes into some of the actions Trump did prior to the midterms. And he's he's questioning like, Trump was uh, in the media trying to pick a fight with DeSantis right. by calling him sanctimonious. He's been seen having dinner with uh, anti-Semites. Right. And so his, his actions, at least according to what Hansen thought, his, his actions let Victor Davis Hansen to believe Trump really doesn't want to go again. I, I listen. I got to tell you, I, I, different path, but I end up at the same spot, um, and and probably for very different reasons than Victor Davis Hanson, who I consider to be a, a profound thinker. Even sometimes when I see it different, he has a tendency of, of uh, winning me over. But what I'm seeing with Trump. This is my opinion, and I've maintained it throughout this year, is that he wanted to be a kingmaker. He wanted to put in certain folks across the United States not to buttress his political campaign, but almost like a, um, I don't want to say Hail Mary, um, almost like a last hurrah. That's kind of the interpretation I, I got out of it. Um, Ludwig, you're, you're squishy. What do you think about this? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think a lot of that's true with Victor David Hansen saying. However, the first time he ran, everybody said he didn't want to really be president either. <clears throat> so there's a, there could be some truth to that period. Because did he really think he was going to win the nomination the first time? And once he did, he had to, had to win, right? It's Trump. He doesn't going to lose. But why would you pick a fight with DeSantis, who you know is going to be the front runner and, and the the guy who's going to be the nominee most likely is it because he's jealous yeah but i gotta be mr contrary here for a moment i know that's shocking but you can't say that he ran in the primary not thinking he'd win but once he did of course he's not the kind of guy that loses which begs the question well why do you get in a primary then based on your hypothesis but it's not his first time running in a primary or no, a, a it, no in the past i think he's he's Toyed with the notion, yeah. I think what secondary parties, etc. I think the, the argument was to expose some things and okay. try to expose the candidates, which he was doing. I mean, he did. He said at one point, "I donated all your campaigns." Right. And then, of course, Rand Paul, no, not mine. He goes, "Well, yeah, I went and donated to yours anyways." Right. But I think that his initial goal is really to expose everything more than actually win it. I may, maybe. maybe, but I don't know. That's a hypothesis. Yeah, maybe. Be fun to ask him, but. Miles, tell me, you're the resident Trump Republican. Do you think he's a real candidate, or is he just toying around? Well, you know, I uh, prior to reading that uh, article, 
because I agree with you. Um, VDH can normally win win me over quickly, right? Um, and so it does have me on a bit of a squishy spot now. <laughs> you must, know because must be in I don't know. I you know I mean, had you asked me an hour ago, I would have said, "Oh yeah, yeah, Trump is going." You must need a vaccination for that. <laughs> that right. Ludwig squishy is catchy. <laughs> That's right. I listen, I've believed all year long that the the amount of division that's been delivered to the party, and I'm not blaming this on Trump, although a lot of folks do. Um, having said that, the amount of I'll, I'll complete that I should say, of of division and angst that's been injected into the Republican voting body um, has caused me to say, listen, if he were really going to run for president, he could have had a hand in calming that and didn't. And the fact that he didn't, I get the argument of the Civil War thing. You know, we want the these people in and those people out. I understand that. The problem with it is math. And we just proved in midterms that you have to have the math work for any of the rest of it to make sense. If you fail, but you did it on principle, you still got a big L loser by your name, and your none of your principles will be advanced. It's just such nonsensical thinking. And listen, I'm I'm not near as big of a Trump supporter as you are, but I think he's way smarter than that, which has caused me to say this entire year, he ain't real. Although Ludwig, to your point about the DeSantis or whatever his nickname was on, that was that's been part of his motif to assign names to people. So that didn't, whichever one of you said that, that didn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, my surprising point though is if he's not going to run, why would you try to knock down the front runner? I think that was just to imply he is. Yeah, but why? If you're not really going to, because he wanted to be a kingmaker. Yeah, you got to understand, he really, really wanted to get some of those folks in place. He really did. But I, I don't know. I might be all wet and we're all speculating. We sound like the CNN, you know, somewhere on the list of show show stuff today. You know, seven people familiar with his thinking said. <laughs> I mean, right. and my, Miles, that's on the list. And the only reason it's on the list, I can't even remember what they were talking about. But the idea that they actually wrote in their article Seven people familiar with whosoever's thinking it was. How does anybody take them seriously with that kind of sourcing? <laughs> Just, I well, don't yeah, it. I mean, re, re, remember all of the intelligence people that signed that letter that said Hunter's laptop was Russian yep. propaganda? Yep. And now they're all coming out saying, well, we... We didn't mean to say that it was necessarily Russia propaganda. We were just thinking this would be consistent. Right. Well, so it, it's, it's funny how everybody's backing up over themselves now that the midterm is over. Yeah, that's, that is, that's exactly true. Uh, listen, let's, let's move along because I want to get to as much of the stuff as I can today. There's some important stuff. This is uh, from foxnews.com. Their, their title, COVID origins may have been tied to China's, China's bioweapons program. 
That's from a House Republican uh, report. And, Miles, you and I talked about this back in the first five or six months of public awareness of COVID. And the right. debate, the conversation that we had, I think we agreed, is that that was, that was kind of the theory that was bouncing around on social media. And where you and I agreed was, okay, let's say it was. What do we do about it? Who right. wants? That? Nobody wants a war with China. I, right. I, I get, I get the, uh, the easy muster on social media to say, we need to go in there and do this, that, and the other thing. But, folks, that ain't a reality. It doesn't matter what we think. That's just not a reality. So what do you do with the information? What What do you think about that topic in briefly, Miles, because we're down to 30 seconds before a break? I don't think we're ever going to truly know. I don't think the Chinese are going to investigate, and they're not going to let anybody else investigate. So it's just going to be one of those ongoing who who killed JFK type things? Yeah, I think I think you're right, but I'll go you a step further on that. I think China already knows. If it was a bioweapons uh, research leak, they already know that. And by the way, so does Fauci, because Fauci's, Fauci's department was very much engaged in the early stages of that, of that um, experiment process. So we can't forget him in the mix. They know, and I believe he knows, that aside, we've got to go to a break, folks. We've got some big stuff. We'll be right back. All right, Lud, i got to go to you on a different topic. You ready? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, you got to control your excitement, man. <laughs> Dems push to decolonize Puerto Rico, uh, give territory options of statehood or independence, and they're saying essentially enough of what is effectively colonization. What is your opinion? Forget Democrats for a minute. What's your opinion of that concept for Puerto Rico? Oh, economically, it can't happen because they have a lot of debt we would take on. We already kind of own that debt, don't we, as a territory of? We defend them. We fund them. They've got our Social Security, our citizenship. They got everything we have except for voting rights. So it's a really torn thing. Okay, politically, I hate it because I know I'm going to end up with two Democrat senators and all Democrat representatives. That part part I don't like, and I think that's the push for for it. However, if you're going to have to be – Following within the U.S. guidelines and under their laws, you should have a say in what laws are made. Now, if I'm Puerto Rican, though, that also means I lose my Olympic team and your national pride of being Puerto Rican. So I'm not so sure the Puerto Ricans will vote for that. I believe last time, didn't they vote no? Well, they had a referendum. I don't know that it directly asked that question, but funny that you mention it because I happen to have the numbers. That was in 2012. Voters who chose no to the first question on that referendum numbered 970,000-plus, or 54% of the vote voting public. Uh, they expressing themselves against continuing their current political status, meaning they were 54% no longer wanted to be a territory of or a colony of. 
But, of course, the devil is always in the detail because as soon as you then say, okay, let's say you're no longer that, what do you want to be? And now that number blows back and forth in the wind between independence, and that's the part where I would assign your comments to. Financially cannot afford independence. No. And the reason they can't is because right now we're insuring that debt. That's the problem. Well, we that's also the are their military. Well, we're, we're everything. And correct me if I'm wrong, they don't pay federal income tax. I believe that they do, and they do have votes. I don't know. I'm going to look that up. You can, you can look it up. Miles. Because there is what, a huge benefit of them not being a state. Yep, Miles, you and I have ran into this conversation five, five or six times in our adult life where it comes up. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and this time it looks like Democrat. Listen, I, I give Democrats credit. They are masters at the 1% campaign. So when they sit around looking their hands, their hands are empty. They got no campaign issues. They'll find one. And I mean that earnestly. I'm complimenting them. Holy smokes, those folks really got 1% campaigning down to a science. Uh, do you think this is a, 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 um, a drive of Puerto Rico, Miles, or just the Democrat Party? No. Um, every time it has come up throughout our lives, it, it has always been a, uh, a Senate and a House grab especially given the fact that, what, the House has got a, a, a one-seat margin now? Right. So if Puerto Rico did become a state, they'd get two senators. Both those senators would be Democrats, and that would really insulate their slim majority. Right. Plus, they would probably take over the House. I, I probably, yeah, because they're, they're, in fact, Ludwig, maybe when he's done making his first announcement, he can go back and look at partisan split. But what gets complicated is that they've got different political parties in Puerto Rico. They've got several functioning uh, political uh, organizations. Lud, what'd you find out? So if you are a bona fide resident of Puerto Rico. Yep. Being Puerto Rican, essentially. That means you're a citizen yeah. of the United States. Of Puerto Rico. Of the United States. Sure. But of Puerto Rico. Yep. I'm a citizen <laughs> of Michigan. Of Michigan, well, but no. I'm a U.S. citizen. Yeah, that's fine. How you look at it? Yes, it's that's not how I look Legally, at it. Legally, no, it's the law. Actually. But Puerto Rico, they do not. Only thing they have to file federal income tax on is any money made outside of Puerto Rico on U.S. business. Right. So they do not file tax return, a federal income tax that they make all their money within the, the country of Puerto Rico. Okay. And that's a huge benefit for them. They don't understand that. All of a sudden, now they're paying that. Now, I don't know what their tax rates are for Puerto Rico because obviously they pay that, but so do we. Like Back to your point, we pay a Michigan state income tax. Right. So now they're going to pay Puerto Rico and federal. But I, I'm guessing that if this goes to there, there will not be that clearly stated to the residents. What do you think, Miles Bauer? I don't really understand why this is coming up now, but... I, I think it'll flame out the way it's done in the past. I, I think that's true. But what it does do is it, in, and this is where I'm going at with it, by the way, one of your terms is clickbait. And I, I think that when there are things taking place that Democrats do not want us focused on, they, along with being masters of the 1% game, they're also masters at throwing mud on the wall and saying, look, there's mud on the wall. 
And every time they do that, I look around at everything else to find out what it is that they're trying to avoid us talking about and the folks in general looking at. Um, for for instance, what's the initials of that guy, FTX, who's got millions upon millions of dollars to Democrat candidates from you know money that is not real money, um, and I'm I'm torn on that topic. It's on the list today, so let's try to merge it in. Uh, Miles, have you been following the story with the guys, the the guy they just arrested? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, find it interesting how quickly they moved to arrest him. Right. And I wonder, and maybe I'm a, you know, maybe I got to put my aluminum foil hat on here. (laughs) It appeared to me that they were trying to avoid, when the Republicans take control of the House, bringing him in before Congress and questioning him. So it almost appeared to me like the Department of Justice got a hold of the Bahamas and said, hey, put this guy away yesterday before Congress calls him in. What do you think of that theory, Lud? Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I bet he has a an accident. You know, I got to tell you guys, both of you, something. One of the things that keeps rolling in my mind this whole week um, on these topics in general, because, by the way, I see the FTX thing all over social media, and everybody has an opinion. We want to take the guy out and hang him, all kinds of stuff. Miles, one area I know that you and I passionately agree on is that I, I, I don't matter what I think. He needs a fair trial. Right now he's being tried by, you know, Facebook jurors. <laughs> and nobody has any evidences. And I'm going, wait a minute. That's, that's not how our system works. But on the political side of the question, I think, Miles, you're on to something by saying they don't, they don't want him as a citizen standing before a new uh, House committee in January, February. So right. they can get him behind bar. I think there's a lot to that. And it does, by the way, in my view, tied to this Puerto Rican thing. It just happened to pop up out of absolutely nowhere. Suddenly it's a front page story, and it just isn't. But it's it does it they are trying to move people socially away from the FTX position or dialogue. Who's the greatest magician of all time? You Terry Houdini. No, the Democrat That's- Party. Oh, okay. Look at my hand. Look at this hand while I'm doing something over here with this hand. Now, but listen, we're so fractured. You got folks within the Republican Party that say Republicans are the same. We're we're a very oh, don't give well, me. Well, I know luck. they do. I mean, there's there's angry people everywhere. Somewhere during the show today, I want to do a deep dive, a little bit, on where we're at in the party structure debate because we've got exactly that thinking going on within the Republican Party. And it's a problem. Listen, yeah, but Mike, hey, we got, we've got to go, we, Miles, we've got to go to a break. Okay. When we come back, we'll pick up there, but we'll also do some public liberty stuff. Folks, we'll be right back.
The Enigma Report with Mike Hewitt. Imagine walking away from these guiding words. Without freedom of thought, there can be no such thing as wisdom, and no such thing as public liberty without freedom of speech, which is the right of every man, as far as by it he does not hurt or control the right of another. And this is the only check it ought to suffer, and the only bounds it ought to know. That was Benjamin Franklin, and now we find ourselves witnessing groupthink and the threats of a cancel culture mentality from all across the political spectrum. Don't like what someone believes, says, or thinks? Shut them down. I passionately believe the promise of America is better than that. It's easy to blame such a shortcoming on the internet effect, but in truth, it's a choice we're making. Franklin's words are simple but profound. It's an enigma to me that we embrace less. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Listen, folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski, and we are at our flag station, WHTC 1450 AM, 99.7 FM in beautiful Holland, Michigan, although we do have Miles Bauer calling in from Chicagoland. Listen, I got to tell you, the reason I played that, or I asked our man Jared to play that, is I think that... 60-second piece meshes with the conversation we were starting to have before we ran into a hard break, but also where I'm wanting to take the conversation. And so I'm, I've been opining, whining, whatever the best, most appropriate word was, over what I see on social media periodically for the last few months now, the impact that it is having on the political party structure by the way, both left and right. And at the same time, Miles, as you know, I'm a big embracer of, of uh, Ben Franklin as a founder, but beyond that, on the concepts of, of uh, freedom of thought and freedom of speech. Because without those things, we aren't exceptional. We are not exceptional without freedom of speech. The problem with that comes a great responsibility and which is exactly where we went before we had to go to break, taking that fellow of FTX and trying him on social media with absolutely zero evidence is illogical to me. It just it, It's just profoundly defiant of who we are as a country. So, Miles, let me go to you first. What's your thought on this topic? I know I cut you off heading to break. Right. No, I, you know, as I said in the previous segment, this, the timing of this seems very suspect. And, you know, the conspiracy theory nut that I am, it really is starting to smell to me like they wanted to, to gag him so that he could not get subpoenaed before Congress. The question. Do you believe that that is the that they're what motivates them is to stop him from talking about the monies that he's doled out to various yeah. Democrat candidates. That's your belief, Lud? What do you say? Yeah, but that's public record. If it's anything over $20, it's got to be publicly recorded. So I'm not sure how that stops that. On a federal level? Yeah. I, I know the state of Michigan. Yeah, donations still have to be um, accounted for. So you got to tell them, this is who I am, this is my home address, and this is where I work. Yeah. And listen, I'm 
we're, we're not getting into the details of that, but there certainly are details. That to was it. one of the reasons that Bernie asked for $20 or less so many times. Because he didn't want to have to do that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I've always railed against that. And it's not that I want ugly, dirty money. It's that I don't want anybody demanding of me who I voted for. Yeah. So if I gave 25 bucks to candidate, you know, Smith, I don't, why do I have to tell you where I work and what I do and where I go? Why is that any of your business? I get the concept behind it. But freedom of speech doesn't mean you can force me to tell you who I support. And that's the effect of it. Mm -hmm. And by the way, then what happens is that the IRS and the government in total are looking around to see who's who's somebody we should really take a long peek at. Well, you know what? Don't use my political contributions as a measure of who you should be taking a peek at. To me, those are very contrary to American values. Well, yeah, and, and just because you donated to a certain politician doesn't mean you align with them politically either. I mean, Trump said that in his first runaround uh, in his campaign was, I donated to Democrats and Republicans. I'm a business owner. I got to tell you on that point, even when Miles and I were on different, I was a cruiser back 2015-16. Was? <laughs> even back then, <laughs> I, well, <laughs> One of the things that we agreed on that is that if we owned a big business in a large metropolitan community, we would absolutely be contributing to both parties. Mm-hmm. Is that true, Miles Bauer? Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and and by the way, I'm I am absolutely a classical liberal or what you might call hard conservative. That's fascinating that we've morphed the meanings of those words, but that's separate. I'm a partisan. I'm very much a Republican. So on the other hand, if I had, you know, Acme uh, widget makers in New York, I would absolutely be forced to play ball. Well, I believe the in Michigan, the farmers uh, pack either stayed out or donated to Debbie Stabenow over John James because she looks out for the farmers, and and in quotes, but. Listen, I traditionally gotta, in the smaller races, they're not I'm gonna politically get, aligned. I'm going to get in so much trouble on my next statement about the, the 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 farm bureau folks. Listen, I like most farmers, so please don't take this as 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 anything but my personal experience. That's all I'm going to tell you. So when I was a candidate in 2006, so we're not talking about yesterday. I'm sitting before the committee from the the farm group here in Michigan. They reviewed my my uh, candidate questionnaire. I'm sitting in a in a little conference room with six or seven of them asking me questions, and they're just bantering around the room. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm fine with that, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they must have noticed the look on my face, or maybe it was my the the questions that I provided them on the questionnaire. But the guy finally is looking at me. He's looking me right in the eye. He said. You know, you're a Reagan guy. This must sound very much like socialism to you. I I said, you mean the part where you want to not work and get money from the government? Yeah, that sounds pretty socialistic to me. I'm a meritocracy guy. You can label it whatever you want. But if you don't work, don't get paid. Yeah. I I, I mean, so I only dovetail that because it makes sense. That if you got John James running around talking about meritocracy concepts and stabbing us saying, how much more did you need? I, I mean, now, listen, 
wallets are who votes. Wallets vote. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I see it. Miles, final thoughts on this topic before we segue on? Well, I mean, you know, if you uh, think about it, you you even said for the past two election cycles that the uh, Democrats out, outsmarted you guys because they had pot on one and they had abortion on the other. That's Who's true. you guys? Not, not Ludwig. He wasn't involved. Hold on. Who's you guys? Were you not a part of this team? No, you're not a part of the team. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Listen, they do. That's, and that goes to my comment often that they're a better 1% campaign group. So they got folks to vote 2018 is what you're referring to with a marijuana uh, ballot initiative in Michigan. There were folks that voted for Democrats. And the fun part about that is that most of those folks, if you do the small quiz test, were libertarian. But most of those folks have never voted before that and will probably never vote again. They voted for marijuana and they voted D because Democrats were advocating for it. And that's always been a libertarian. That's been the, the, the main pole of their of their circus is libertarianism. And, and so, but it goes to the point I think you were making, Miles. They brought out droves of people. Um, and that, by the way, in Michigan in 2018's ballot initiative, they reinvented what a voter was and how that voter would be voting. And that's what happened to 2020 in Michigan. We lost 2020 in 2018 with their ballot initiative. And what they just did on 2022 is going to have a significantly negative impact going forward. So listen, folks, we've got to go to a break on that note. Please stay with us, and we will be right back. All right, gentlemen, let's go in a different direction for a moment. Uh, This is from Real Clear Politics, but Lud, this is your topic, and Miles picked it. I just wanted to say that just to make you feel... It's so we're clear. I said this topic over. It's like, this is a great one. It's not real political. And it's on the list. It's a lifestyle thing, and it was posted at number eight. It's on the list. We never get to number eight. We're doing it because Miles picked it. Eight and nine are the ones, eh, they're okay if we get to them. (laughs) Jordan Peterson, automated... I don't know who this guy is. You guys have to tell me. Jordan Peterson, automated social credit score will be worse than anything uh, Kafka ever imagined. Ludwig, it's your topic. Tell us about it. So essentially you will be ranked on your social interactions, meaning your postings, where you work, how you, how much trouble you've been in, how your kids behave. Every aspect of your life, you'll be given a score similar to a credit rating. And the type of job you can get, the type of event you can attend, the type of pay you earn, all the things that you want to do in life will be based on whether or not you can do it based off your social credit score. So my social, just just help me understand it. So you're aware of my social um, social media engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, I folks just just to bring your current, I I have in the past used it to promote Renegade River, uh, which was a retail store I owned for a fair number of years. I I have used it to communicate within the Republican Party and to grassroots that identify as Republican voters. And I've used it for this show extensively. In fact, the 60-second spot that Jared played for us at mid-show, um, I that airs on 
a hundred and some radio stations, but beyond that, it's on TikTok, it's on Instagram, it's on LinkedIn, it's uh, it's social media everywhere. So does that mean I get a high social media score, Lud? No, you're going to get a oh, – well, based on who's probably going to run it, you're going to get a very low social <laughs> score. You don't think I score high with that? Well, your political donations, your I, poli- political affiliation, your political post. I put a lot of effort into it. I'm just Your age. To, what's uh, wrong with my age? Your, your treatment of Ludwig, probably going to get a pretty low score. You know, when my old man oh, used God. to – my old man used degrees. to – Pointed at himself, he'd say, you know, but I still feel 20 inside. Oh, and I didn't know what he meant at the time. Now I now I get it. Jared, you got a microphone or no? No, he says, no, I don't have one. <laughs> you don't want to touch that one. I don't know. Miles Bauer, what's your opinion on this? And I got to turn to you now for an injection of common sense. And also you are uh, very computer savvy as our resident computer scientist. So what yes. do you? Th- are they on the right path, wrong path? This is really spooky if we ever adopt this, because this is even more authoritarian than the Wicked Witch of the North. <laughs> I mean, this this is a authoritarian with capital authoritarian. Yep. Yep. So an example, uh, the Chinese don't have it officially, but indirectly. So you fall down the credit score system here, the social credit score, for not visiting your aging parents regularly. Spreading okay. rumors on the internet. So now my wife goes to visit her mother every week. Literally every single week. She goes out, she picks her up, she takes her to dinner, to the bookstore she loves to go to, or whatever it is she wants bonus points. To, to do. That's bonus points? Yeah, that's a good thing. I'll let her know. Um, good thing. Influencing one's, positively influencing one's neighborhood. Okay. Having a good financial credit history. Does that mean putting the U.S. flag out in my front yard? No, that would I'm, probably drop you. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, see, and thought, the, and whoever... the uh, thing, thing that is spooky is, you know, given the way we've seen Biden deal with the, the Department of Justice, right? So, so th- this is obviously going to be a political tool. Yeah. See, the thing I thought was so spooky about it is, and one of his points in the article was about COVID, how we willingly give up so much for security and safety. And we never question it. We just go, oh, it's for our safety. And they'll sell this to us as if it's for security and safety. So you're around the right people that will keep you safe and secure. And and that's where I thought the spookiness is. is I never imagined a time that we would lock ourselves down because the government said we could out of fear. And it really answered my question. How did 6 million people get on a street or a boxcar and ride a train? And how did brothers fight brothers in a war? It answered the question with COVID. And that's where he's saying, with the start of that and how we reacted and just listened, accepted, and for because of security and safety, we didn't question. But but this, this, none of this stuff is new. No, the data exists already. Facebook's using it. Google's yeah, I, using I'm it. I'm not even talking about the data. I'm, I'm really driving into the human nature part of this. I, was it Benjamin Franklin I reference again, talking about those who would trade safety for Security mm-hmm. deserve neither. In fact, he's had several different versions. I'm not I'm paraphrasing one of them. That, but what he was lamenting on was exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. with COVID and now with the folks that will embrace this. They're thinking, well, I do all those things. I love the idea. And and does that mean I get better financing for my home? So how's it going to be implied? And I'm old enough, folks. Miles, you know this for a fact. I came up through the car business from the finance arm. And I remember getting calls from National Bank of Detroit, NBD Detroit, um, Comerica, a number of 
large banks um, back when they were starting to use credit scores, which were fairly new, at least published scores, starting to use them to assign an interest value to you. So you'd come in and score 600, you're going to pay more than the person that came in and scored 700. Mm-hmm. I got probably 50 to 100, a lot, more than 50 phone calls from bankers over the course of the first three months asking, are people angry? How are people reacting to that? Are people's heads flipping off? What are they doing about it? Because you have to sit down and explain to somebody the reason you've got to pay higher interest probably is, and then you try to do an interpretation of what's holding that score up. you got somebody sitting there that's never, ever, ever, ever missed anything, but somebody seven years ago, almost statute of limitations, put a $100 negative on there that they don't even owe. Well, I'm sorry, but that really tweaked your, your score. You're hosed. So if you want that truck, this is what you're going to pay. Um, and the, so I, the reason I interject that is that this kind of reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over the course of our lifetime, Miles Bauer, you and I have watched where it feels like everything is being ratcheted tighter. Everything. Right. I mean, I remember when you used to want to pull into a Piggly Wiggly, you just pulled into a Piggly Wiggly. That was the end of it. You pulled in. Now you're there. Nowadays, you got to turn, you got to turn, you got to turn, you got to turn, go around the aisles, follow the arrows, go around more aisles, follow more arrows. Going, everything is monitored, weighed, acronymed, controlled, and people are changing. That's where I'm going with this whole topic. You guys take me wherever you want. Lud, it was yours, so reel me in. But no, people, right. people are changing. We are changing. You know, I go to the airport, and, and I stand in the security line, and, and I, I'll look at my wife and go, oh, we won the war on terror. Really? No. We won the war. Look at this. No. We won to Michigan's adventure. I won the war in terror. I got to have my bag gone through. Yep. I have to walk through this metal detector. Yep. I was yep. a kid. You walked onto the tarmac with your parents and you could see, they would tell you goodbye or your aunt and uncle would see you off. We didn't, we're not winning anything. All we're doing right. is giving up more and more rights. Right. And so that's the, disturbing. So exactly to your point, Miles and I, you and I have never lived in the same state since I've known you. So forever, he's picked me up at the airport or I've picked him up at the airport you used to, you'll remember this. If I'm picking you up, I'd go down to the to the terminal where you're going to land in, and I'm standing there watching the airplane roll up to the to the gate. Not anymore. I cruise up out, out in the loading and unloading zone and hope you can run really quick like OJ, but without a knife. Before you get chased out of there by the parking police. I wish you could have saw Jared's face just now. <laughs> I knew what you said. Yeah. If the glove don't fit, you got to quit. <laughs> But now, Miles, that's part of what what my rant was when I said absolutely everything is controlled, and it goes to all of the cliches that I've talked about. TSA's got a 98 or 99% fail rate, and they they feel down Mother Teresa, but they would. And you go, whose thinking is this? How does this make sense to either side of the divide? It's craziness. It it is crazy, and... We, we need your reaction. And people are changing. And I think it could be this. One, they're growing up in this world. The next generation yeah. doesn't know a mom's arm is your seatbelt. Sure. They don't know what it is to ride a bike without a helmet, crash your face on the curb, right. and go home and I, I, have, I, your ta- have your da- parents tell you, get well, over it. Listen, we're down to seconds. And one of the things that I wanted to get to and I didn't is the, the anger that's within the Republican Party. And I'm talking about angry, good people. I got to underline that. These folks have had enough of the nonsense we're talking about. 
So they, you know, the, all of the drag queens at schools and the, the getting felt up, your 13-year-old daughter or son getting felt up, loading onto an airplane. Uh, folks, it's it's gotten nutty, absolutely nutty in my view. Miles, we're down to seconds. Any final words? I have made an observation of younger folks that they don't appreciate the Constitution the same way you and I, I do. In other words, like, for example, they don't think hate speech is protected by the First Amendment. Right. And they, that is spooky. It, it is spooky, but they've not been taught any of that. Folks, please find us at the com. Thank you very, very much for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Be safe.